preface to the translation of Origen's Periarchon by Rufinus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. I am aware that a great many of our brethren were incited by their longing for scriptural knowledge to demand from various men who were versed in Greek literature that they would give the works of Origen to men who used the Latin tongue, and thus make him a Roman. Among these was that brother and associate of mine to whom this request was made by Bishop Damasus, and who, when he translated the two homilies on the Song of Songs from Greek into Latin, prefixed to the work a preface, so full of beauty and so magnificent that he awoke in every one the desire of reading origin and eagerly investigating his works he said that to the soul of that great man the words might well be applied the king has brought me into his chamber and he declared that origin in his other books had surpassed all other men but in this he had surpassed himself what he promises in this preface is indeed that he will give to roman ears not only these books but many others of origin but i find that he is so enamoured of his own style that he pursues a still more ambitious object namely that he should be the creator of the book not merely its translator i am then following out a task begun by him and commended by his example but it is out of my power to set forth the words of this great man with a force and an eloquence like his and i have therefore to fear that it may happen through my fault that the man whom he justly commends as a teacher of the church both in knowledge and in wisdom second only to the apostles may be thought to have a far lower rank through my poverty of language when i reflected on this i was inclined to keep silence and not to assent to the brethren who were constantly adjuring me to make the translation but your influence is such my most faithful brother macarius that even the consciousness of my unfitness is not sufficient to make me resist i have therefore yielded to your importunity though it was against my resolution so that i might no longer be exposed to the demands of a severe taskmaster but i have done so on this condition and on this understanding that in making the translation i should follow as far as possible the method of my predecessors and especially of him of whom i have already made mention he after translating into latin above seventy of the books of origin which he called homiletics and also a certain number of the tomes proceeded to purge and par away in his translation all the causes of stumbling which are to be found in the greek works and this he did in such a way that the latin reader will find nothing in them which jars with our faith in his steps therefore i follow not indeed with the power of eloquence which is his but as far as may be in his rules and method that is taking care not to promulgate those things which are found in the books of origin to be discrepant and contradictory to one another the cause of these variations i have set forth very fully for your information in the apology which pamphilius wrote for the books of origin to which i have appended a very short treatise showing by proofs which seem to me quite clear that his books have been in very many cases falsified by heretical and ill-disposed persons this is especially the case with the books which you now require me to translate namely Berri Archon, which may be rendered either concerning first principles or concerning principalities these books are in truth apart from their questions exceedingly obscure and difficult for in them he discusses matters over which the philosophers have spent their whole lives without any result 
but our Christian thinker has done all that lay in his power to turn to purposes of sound religion the belief in a creator and the order of the created world, which they had made subservient to their false religion. Wherever, therefore, I have found in his books anything contrary to the truth concerning the Trinity, which he has in other places spoken of in a strictly orthodox sense, I have either omitted it as a foreign and not genuine expression, or set it down in terms agreeing with the rule of faith, which we find him constantly assenting to. There are things, no doubt, which he has developed in somewhat obscure language, wishing to pass rapidly over them, and as addressing those who have experience and knowledge of such matters. In these cases I have made the passage plain by adding words which I had read in other books of his, where the matter was more fully treated. I have done this in the interest of clearness, but I have put in nothing of my own. I have only given him back his own words, though taken from other passages. I have explained this in the preface, so that those who calumniate us should not think that they had found in this fresh material for their charges. But let them take heed what they are about in their perversity and contentiousness. As for me, I have not undertaken this laborious task, in which I trust that God will be my helper in answer to your prayers, for the sake of shutting the mouths of calumnious men, but with the view of supplying material for the increase of real knowledge to those who desired it. This only I require of every man who undertakes to copy out these books, or to read them, in the sight of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and adjure him by our faith in the coming kingdom, by the assurance of the resurrection of the dead, by the eternal fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels, even as he trusts that he shall not possess as his eternal inheritance that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, and where the fire will not be quenched, and their worm will not die, that he should neither add nor take away, that he should neither insert nor change anything in that which is written, but that he should compare his copy with that from which it is copied, and correct it critically letter for letter, and that he should not keep by him a copy which has not received correction or criticism, lest, if his copy is not thus distinct, the difficulty of the meaning may beget a still greater obscurity in the mind of the readers. Preface to Book Three of the Beri Arhon reader remember me in your sacred moments of prayer that i may be a worthy follower of the spirit it was you macarius by whose instigation i might say by whose compulsion i translated the two first books of the peri arhon i did it during lent and at that time your near presence my christian brother and your fuller leisure forced me also into fuller diligence but now that you are living at the opposite end of rome from me and my taskmaster pays his visits more seldom I have taken longer in unfolding the sense of the two last books. You will remember that in my former preface I gave you warning that some people would be full of indignation when they found that I had no harm to say of origin. And this, as I think you have found, has not been long in coming to pass. But if those demons who excite men's tongues to evil speaking have been already set on fire by that first part of the work, though in it the author had not yet fully laid bare their devices, what will be the effect of this second part in which he is going to disclose all the secret labyrinths through which they creep into the hearts of men and deceive the hearts of the weak and the frail? You will see disorder springing up on all sides, and party spirit will be raised, and an outcry will spread all through the town, and Origen will be summoned to the bar and condemned for his attempt to dispel the darkness of ignorance by the light of the gospel's lamp. 
but all this will matter very little to those who are endeavouring to hold fast to the sound form of the Catholic faith while exercising their minds in the study of divine things. I think it necessary, however, to remind you of the principle which I acted upon in reference to the former books, and which I have observed in the present case also, namely not to set down in my translation things evidently contrary to our belief and to the author's opinions as elsewhere expressed, but to pass them over as not genuine but inserted by others. On the other hand, I have not, either in the former books or in these, omitted the novel opinions which he has expressed about the formation of the reasonable creation, considering that it is not in such things that the faith mainly consists, but that what he is aiming at is merely knowledge and the exercise of the faculties, and that, possibly, there may be certain heresies which may have to be answered in this way. Only in cases where he may have chosen to repeat in these later books what he had said before in the earlier, I have thought it expedient to cut out certain portions for the sake of brevity. Those whose object in reading these books is to gain knowledge, not to disparage their author, would do well to seek the aid of men more skilled than themselves in interpreting them. For it is an absurd thing to get grammarians to explain to us the fictions of the poet's writings and the laughable stories of the comedians, and yet to think that books which speak of God and the celestial powers and the whole universe, and which discuss all the errors of pagan philosophy and of heretical pravity, are things which any one can understand without a teacher to explain them. In this way it comes to pass that men prefer to remain in ignorance and to pronounce rash judgments on things which are difficult and obscure, rather than to gain an understanding of them by diligent study. End of preface to the translation of Origen's Peri Archon by Rufinus